Welcome to Well Worn Pod, the podcast that explores the joy in second hand. I'm your host, Hannah Heading. Thanks for joining us. Well, hello, lovely listener. Welcome to episode four of Well Worn Pod. I am so excited about today's guest. We are welcoming Rach from Girl Gone Retro. Now, if you didn't already know, Girl Gone Retro is a total vintage haven. Now, this is the type of stuff that actually pops to mind when I think vintage. I'm talking bright colors and dresses that your nana would have worn. These are clothes that have history and always an interesting tag to match. You can find all these amazing pieces that Rach sources on girlgoneretro.com. Rach is passionate about sharing the things that she has learned so far in running a small business. So today we're going to pick her brain and hear a little more about the story behind Girl Gone Retro. Rach, thank you so much for being on Well Worn Pod today. Could you kick us off by introducing yourself? Tell us about who you are and what you do. Okay. Thank you so much again for asking me to be on this. Like literally this is my first podcast ever. So like I was... Super anxiously sweating last night, Um, but you're just such a sweetheart that this is all good. So I'm Rachel. I run Girl Gone Retro, obviously. I am 29 years old and I grew up in southwest Sydney um, on the streets, basically. I'm like a (laughs) southwest Sydney girl. (laughs) I'm very street savvy. Um, and I've moved around pretty much everywhere on sort of like the East coast of Australia and we've lived in New Zealand and now we reside near Byron Bay. So I run my vintage store in a warehouse and we live in a van. Our lives are not conventional whatsoever. Mm. Um, and yeah, I've been doing it for about one and a half years now. So it's like grown out of control. I'm super stoked with it. And yeah, I'm all about just selling really bright, colored, fun, Mm -hmm. vintage stuff that probably is like a bit out there, but can be very modernized and worn like in a a chic kind of way. Mm, Totally. I feel like if you head to your Instagram page in particular, there's such a distinct sense of style and what vintage really means to you that comes through and that looks really different to so many other vintage pages that you come across, which is nice that you have a really clear voice for your page. It's so cool. Um, Rach, what's your earliest memory of shopping secondhand? How did you get started in the whole world of op shopping? Yeah, so my um, family was not into it at all. I grew up in sort of like a a low to medium socioeconomic kind of house. Like we had money, we didn't really need to op shop, that kind of thing. So I don't have one of those like nice stories where I needed to op shop. Um, Basically, my earliest like recollection of shopping, like op shopping was going to We'd catch the bus after like half, we'd have like a half day at school. I was about 16. Me and my friends would catch a bus out to Liverpool. So if anybody's from Southwest Sydney, you know Liverpool. It's like Dodge City. Oh, really? Like, yeah, like drug dealing situations on the street. Um, And so we would go to all of like the Salvos and the Lifeline and stuff in Livo and we would just like... We were so obsessed with vintage. I don't know why, but mm. I think it was just because it looked so different to everything yeah. else. And my earliest memory was that my friend Anita picked up this like gorgeous sequence little like vest top. And I was just like so friggin' jealous because <laughs> she took it and she didn't let me have it. 
and I ended up getting it off her a couple years later but yeah I think we would just kind of like hang out after school like being a typical teenagers Mm. not having much money like working at Macca's you know (laughs) and yeah just trying to find things that were different because we kind of were like emos if you know what an emo is for sure Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of people can relate to that if you're in like our age bracket. Yeah, we were kind of like alternative crazy Mm. hair colors and we just wanted to look different. We didn't want to wear the stuff from like Ali and Supre or whatever was going at the time. Mm. No, that makes a lot of sense. You don't look quite so emo these days. (laughs) You're wearing a bright red cardigan as I look at you. Very bright and joyous. Why do you still like shopping secondhand now? Um... I love shopping secondhand now mostly because I vintage is my thing. Yeah. And obviously you're not going to get vintage firsthand. It's just mm-hmm. not possible. Um, so obviously vintage is my big passion. So that's why I continue to do it. But also because I genuinely believe, and I've told so many people this, is that I reckon there's like an addiction to op shopping. I feel like mm-hmm. there's a chemical reaction in your brain. Totally. And you actually, like you physically yep. get addicted yep. to it. Yeah. I, I agree. Because I feel like I'm right there. We'll have a meeting. We'll talk about our addiction yeah. to op shopping. Yeah, we need like, like a, a op shopping anonymous mm-hmm. because I feel like you get such a dopamine hit when you are like sifting through a whole bunch of crap and then you mm. find something incredible and you're like, oh, that feeling. And so it's like a drug. And that's why I think I do it. <laughs> I love that. Thank you for your honesty. <laughs> I appreciate that. How would you describe your own personal style? And I'm particularly interested to know whether you think your sense of style differs to the Girl Gone Retro sense of style. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for asking that. I think I've made it pretty clear on my Instagram that what I sell is not really what I wear. Mm. I definitely am trying to create a lifestyle for people where they are. I kind of cater my stuff more towards the girl that has a social life and is really, you know, like a socialite and goes out and has friends and Mm. goes for drinks and parties and that sort of thing. Whereas I definitely do not have that life. Um, I'm a homebody, literally living in a van. Um, My style is definitely more practical, but then I will chuck one piece of colour in. Like, that's kind of my thing. Like, I'll basically what I've written down here is that I am, I've settled on a style. It's Mm -hmm. kind of like a 90s skater boy. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Yep. And then, like, with a little bit of like a girly kid style. Like, sometimes Mm -hmm. I'll want to wear like a loose fitting floral dress with like frilly socks, but it's always like quite immature. I haven't really grown up properly yet. I like that. I think that's really interesting to be able to curate stock for a store that maybe has a really different vision than what you have in your own wardrobe. That's really interesting. Do you think that there are pieces though that you find that you do wish you could keep for yourself or that you do end up keeping for yourself? Yeah, 100%. Um, Honestly, so many people say, how do you get rid of things? How do you get rid of things? I'm really lucky that I have like a psychological issue with hoarding stuff. So I don't, I can't actually keep stuff because it bothers me. Um, But there's been a couple of pieces, especially lately that I've like, literally I shed a tear the other day when I packed. Oh, really? Yeah, it was so, it was kind of like, this is sad, but (laughs) it was this beautiful dress. It was on my Instagram. People went bonkers for it. It was, um... 
beautiful a-line dress and it was like covered in little tassels it was black mm, I saw. and it yeah, was from the stunning. yeah it was from the 50s just the most stunning piece and I was putting it in the box it's just such a heavy weight garment and I was like it kind of dawned on me that I probably will never be the girl that gets to wear something like that mm. which was like it was kind of like a sad moment but then I was like I get to give that to somebody else who yeah, will wear it that's really special it's so amazing and she's going to be so stoked when she opens that box yeah. and I like get to live through that. So, and like let's be like let's be real. I like the idea of doing it is more exciting to me than actually doing it. Like I would prefer to wear yep. jeans. Yeah. But you can kind of live through all of the customers who get to wear those beautiful items. Yeah, that's cool. For sure. What are your top 3 secondhand finds of all time and you could talk here things that you've sourced for the shop or just even in your own wardrobe? Yeah, okay. I wrote down actually the things that I've sourced for myself only because I am, like I do actually cherish those pieces so much. And if I do find something for the store that I love so much, I will keep it. So technically it becomes mine anyway. (laughs) Um, So I wrote down my leather jacket, which I've talked about a thousand times. Mm. It's like an 80s bomber leather jacket, real thick, beautiful leather. Um, I got that for 25 bucks in Coffs Harbour. And the lady was about to put it up for 120 but the zipper broke just as she was doing it up. Oh, my goodness. I was like, Meant yes, queen, I will get on that. 25 bucks, yes. How good. Um, so I just wear that all the time in winter. It's incredible. Um, I got the pair of jeans that I'm wearing right now. Um, I got this pair of, like, they're, like, 70s, high-waisted, light-wash denim. I wear them in all of my mm, pictures that mm-hmm. people see. Um, they're just, like, nicely rolled at the hem, and they're just that, like, real nice hard denim that doesn't stretch. Yeah, really it's rigid. so lovely. Yeah, that so good vintage denim. Yeah. So I got those in Bath in England, and I've just never taken them off. They're the best freaking jeans. That's awesome. I love having a story as well to, you know, instead of taking a souvenir home from your travels, you take something that you thrifted. So true. Yeah, I thrifted too much when I was overseas, <laughs> but um, these were such a good buy, and they've I've repaired them twice already because they are getting quite holy. Um, but I'm happy to just repair them for the rest of my life because mm. they're are you amazing. pretty handy. Like you alter some of the garments that or fix things up that come into the store as well. For sure. I have to do a lot of altering. Like that's such a big part of the job that um, maybe people don't realize. And a lot of the sellers that get into it don't have sewing skills yet. And I say like, you need to get sewing skills Mm. because there's so much to repair all the time. You can't expect a garment that's going to be like 70 to 90 years old to be in good condition. It's just not, it's so rare. Mm. Absolutely. Did you have one more? I do. I just have my snakeskin boots that I always wear in all my photos and everybody goes bonkers for them. They're great. I got them at RSPCA on the Gold Coast and they were 25 bucks as well. So my pieces are a little bit more expensive, but they're like quality pieces that I'll keep for the rest of my life. And I guess when you consider as well how often you would wear each of those things, your cost per wear would go right down. Oh, it's literally like less than a cent per wear, I say. Where are your top three favorite places to shop secondhand? This one I'm really excited to answer because I have thrifted so many places and loved yeah. so many places. And so I narrowed it down to I did one international, one city, and then one local hotspot. Oh, like I love that. Yeah. So a lot of people don't know about this local place. So I think this will be cool for anybody that's in like the Byron region. Mm. Um, so internationally, there is a market in Bangkok called the Chattachak Market. Okay. And it is 
It is unreal for vintage. Yeah. Yeah, it's a hot spot. It's got like, I think there's like 200 vintage stores alone. Like the market is one of the biggest in the world. So, yeah. Is this the kind of thing where it's just open constantly or is it like they have the market once a month or something? How does it work? Yeah. So it's open on a Friday, Saturday and a Sunday Mm -hmm. every week for the whole year. They obviously had to close during COVID, um, but they have started to reopen. And like, as soon as I can fly internationally, I'm going to New Zealand first to visit my friends. And then Mm -hmm. I'm going to bloody Bangkok to get my vintage. And are their prices pretty good? Yeah, their prices are great. So I have a beautiful pair of high-waisted Gap jeans from like the 80s I think it is like really nice hard denim Mm. super high waisted and they were like six Australian dollars oh my goodness oh that's amazing so it's mostly it is mostly stuff that I probably wouldn't sell in store but it'd be pieces I'd buy for myself so good good quality denims good like big baggy like vintage Harley shirts and that sort of stuff yeah second is Melbourne I love Melbourne as a city I think it's the best city to thrift in in Australia hot take yeah, yeah. Um, just because there's so much vintage in Melbourne, yeah. where it's like a much older city, mm. and we just don't have like there's nothing up here like that. Like mm. when I went to Melbourne last time, and I thrifted with Emma, and I went with Sasha. Um, so they're girls on Instagram mm. as well, um, and I just found so many pieces in one day. Yeah. I found like thirty five pieces of vintage, which just wouldn't happen here. Yeah, and stuff that you could then sell through Girl Gone Retro as well. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, like super bright, funky pieces. Mm. Yeah. And then um, my last little tidbit is I have a local um, hot honey pot, I guess we could call it. It's mm-hmm. called the Billy Op Shop and it's in a little town called Billy Nudgel that's basically not even a town. Like all it has is a pub and a post office, I think. And, and an so. And at like the most epic op shop. And I took Sasha from Sasha Marie Styles there and Oh, I was so annoyed. But she walks in and instantly finds this huge, like, Looney Tunes, 80s bomber denim jacket. amazing. Yeah. Yeah, like this big acid wash jacket. It was so sick. Um, But they just always have, like, randomly good pieces there because I just don't think many people go there. Is that one of those um, spots as well where everything's just dirt cheap? Yeah, super cheap. Yeah, Mm. like five bucks probably is, like, the max price you'll pay. Oh, that's so good. That's my kind of up shop. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. See, I don't like to, when you are, so I've gotten my business to a point now where I don't ever pay that much for pieces anymore. Like I'm paying a lot more for pieces, um, which is something that I guess we could touch on as well as mm. that. Uh, when I first started my business, I definitely was just thrifting like $1, $2, $3 pieces and um, flipping them for probably around the 15 to $30 mark. And now I'm spending, you know, I could spend upwards of 50 to 60, sometimes a hundred dollars on a piece if it's, you know, rare enough and special enough. Mm. So that's just a different side of like growing your business, I guess, is you start, you know, little and you get bigger and yeah. And so. all the learning along the way, I'm sure too. For sure. Learning a lot. Yeah. Learning a lot. So those are your top three spots to thrift. Rach, do you have anything on your op shop wish list at the moment? And just given some of your content recently on the gram, I thought this would be an interesting question because I saw that you picked up a massive cable knit sweater that looked so cozy, so oversized. But I saw in that post that you mentioned that you really don't buy clothing for yourself all that often. 
So I wondered if there is anything that you're hunting for at the moment. Yeah, well, it's funny because I'm actually not, which is so hilarious. Um, so I have had a thrift list for about the last two years. And just in the last week, I've managed to tick everything off. I don't know why, but like everything's You've just popped up. So yeah. um, I had my Doc Martens that I really needed to get mm -hmm. and I got them. I had that cable knit mm -hmm. and I got that. Um, and I always have Tevers on my list. Like I, I don't know if you know what Tevers yeah. are, but the sandals. Yeah. Yeah, so like everybody knows that I'm the dork that wears tethers and I'll wear them with socks. I don't care. I love them. <laughs> Your cute tie-dye socks. Yeah, tie-dye socks, exactly. Um, so I normally have them on my thrift list or like a sandal like that, like a chunky. Yeah. I love platforms, basically. Mm -hmm. So, um, But I ended up getting them for my birthday anyway. So they kind of, yeah, I don't really have anything. Now that all that's on my thrift list is to find beautiful, like, vintage garments, I pretty much have everything I need. I ha We live in a van, so we don't have mm -hmm. that much space. Mm -hmm. um, I can't really, like, collect a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, and pretty much anything that comes in, I kind of got to find something to go back out. So I try not yeah. to add too many things to my thrift list at the moment until we get a house. And then I'm going to have a sick walk-in wardrobe and it's going to be like Carrie Bradshaw. Amazing. Mm -hmm. That sounds like mm -hmm. a lot of fun. I wonder what it feels like to not want anything from the op shop because that sounds like a nice place to be, but I am not there. So I want to get chatting about some of the business side of things. It seems like you've had some pretty rapid growth in a short period of time with Girl Gone Retro. It seems to have struck a chord with people and you found an audience who really loves and has latched on to the type of vintage that you're particularly interested in selling. How did the whole thing come about? What prompted you to start Girl Gone Retro? And I'm curious to know as well, did you initially start selling on Instagram? Did you have the website straight away? What did the early, early days of Girl Gone Retro look like? Yeah, thanks for saying that. I really appreciate that people think that my growth has been really quick. I, I often feel like it's been just like tryingly slow, mm, which mm. is just like I think that's normal for you to feel like you're never good enough or never, you know, doing well enough in yeah. your business. And um, for somebody to say that, that obviously means that from the outside it looks quite good, mm. which is very nice. Um, and I'm so appreciative to have the people that I do now and like just – such good girls like I just have so many dms with girls all day just like we're so into tags we're so into vintage and just good chicks so um yeah so my store basically started from I was vet nursing I'd been vet nursing for 10 years and I to be honest I was over it mm. I was like I had compassion fatigue which happens when you do something for a long time mm. that's quite straining and quite stressful um and so I just needed an outlet I asked my boss if I could go part-time she said that was fine so I started to, uh, an Instagram page basically and I told people that my old Instagram name used to be Thrift Slag, which, <laughs> <laughs> which is tragic. And then I changed it to Girl Gone Retro. And basically, I just started, like I said, selling pieces that were like, you know, $2, $3 pieces. Mm. And my price point was quite low. And I did that for about six months. I tried Depop and I tried uh, Trade Me, which was a New Zealand kind of eBay. Mm. And they weren't that good. I felt like Depop, you kind of needed, I didn't have the right style for Depop. Sure. I feel like, yeah. you, yeah, you have to have more like a 90s vibe, I think, for Depop. And Trade Me was fine, but it was like there was no voice. There was no persona in Trade Me. Mm -hmm. 
So Instagram is where I just felt like I just felt really like at peace there because I am a social person. I want to like be out on stage, basically. Like I get anxiety, but I also like to be in the spotlight. It's a big contradiction. Um, so yeah, so I did Instagram and then after about six months, I got sick of doing DM sales. So that's Mm. when you do a sale through your, your private messaging. Um, it's very complicated. You have to send them your details. They have to send it like a confirmation and then you have to organize and write down things physically. And so I was like, that's it. I'm going to get a website. This is Mm -hmm. ridiculous. So I opened up my Shopify website and then from that point on, it's just been like basically, hustling on Instagram and then pushing that traffic to the website. So that's kind of how it works. If you have a website, uh, traffic is not going to organically come to it. Yeah, You have to bring that traffic in from somewhere, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or YouTube or wherever. Mm. Um, so I put my energy into Instagram and it's been super fruitful and I've been really like happy with it. And it's a lot of fun and it is quite, it can be draining sometimes. Mm. You do have to take breaks. Um, but yeah, and now I focus a lot on trying to educate other business owners to like maybe do something similar or to like help them I don't know, share their voice in a in a way that resonates with people because mm. I feel like the only reason why I've had success is because people relate to me, therefore they trust me and then they trust what I sell them. Totally. If that makes it's sense. that whole idea of building a brand, right? And um, a faceless brand is really hard for someone to connect to. I feel like especially when it's to do with clothing because we're wearing it every day, you know, it's the stuff that we live in and adorn ourselves in once you have a face to kind of connect it to and hear like the personality behind the brand it it's so much easier to imagine yourself wearing those pieces just to touch on what you said earlier about how from my perspective it seems like you've had a lot of really quick growth and from your perspective it's felt really slow at times um I think that's such an interesting thought there because so often we see the success stories on Instagram or we see when things are going really well for people, you know, it can be a bit of a highlight reel. We see all of the good stuff. We don't see um, all of the personal hurdles that you would have to overcome and work at behind the scenes to make your business what it is. Um, And I think that knowing that stuff is really helpful, especially for anyone who then aspires to do something similar themselves so that they don't have an incorrect idea of, you know, it's all easy, breezy, smooth sailing, but that there's actually a lot of hard work involved. Um, I'm curious to know what have been some of the challenges that you have faced um, since you launched? Yeah, I mean, what you've said is just exactly so well rounding it, because I think what you see is just just the tip of the iceberg. Like you see the best part, you see the cherry Mm. on top. But I try definitely in my Instagram to, um, in my stories mostly, probably not on my feed that much, to talk about the struggles um, because, yeah, it's not smooth sailing at all. Um, My biggest stresses, I guess, in my business were uh, initially was I had to move from New Zealand to Australia. Mm. So I had to basically leave that behind, which has been great because now I have Kiwi customers, which is amazing because I built that relationship with them already. Um, But I had to reestablish myself um, here and that was really hard because I feel like my whole uh, theme changed, like my whole thing. um, Like I I didn't used to sell brights. I used to sell like 
you know, the kind of things that I wore. Yeah. Um, but then I was mostly finding really bright stuff here, especially in like the Byron Bay region mm. uh, where people are a little bit more eclectic and whatever. And so that kind of was a bit tough. And I think that a big thing, so I've got two more things that have been challenging. One yeah. is space. Mm. You need a lot of space when you're selling clothing. Yeah. And you live in a van. Um, so we live in a we are actually in a warehouse now. So it's amazing. We have yeah. heaps of space and I don't have like a hoarding mentality, so I keep my racks. I pretty much won't buy more vintage until I've sold like I guess 80% of mm. my stock. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I work. Um, but I know that for a lot of girls, other resellers, space has, space has been a really big issue for them and it can affect you psychologically. So I think it's really important to have um, your space sorted, like have everything organized because um, if you look at a garment, this is like a little insider tip. If you look at a garment for too long, you start to hate it. <laughs> Yeah, if you have to sell something and it is not moving and you've had it for like, you know, three months or something, you have no passion for that garment anymore and you risk having to just take it back to the op shop. And so I tell people, I say, do not get into that situation. Take it wherever you have to take it. Put it on Facebook, put it on Mm -hmm. eBay, take it to like one of your local swaps where you can swap the clothing out, like do whatever you can to get it out of your life because it's going to be a drain on your Mm. system. Because it just becomes a reminder Um, of what you haven't achieved yet thank you exactly it becomes a reminder of you know something that went wrong like a piece you loved and nobody else liked it um and so that takes me into the last issue um I guess one of the biggest hurdles and I think it's a hurdle that crosses all people like influencers business owners whatever is that there is that issue that you are never going to feel good enough. You're never going to feel, I mean, you might, I, this is my personal experience, but um, there's always that imposter syndrome. Yeah. Like when I go and put out vintage tips, I mean, I know that there's women out there that have been doing it for 50 years and they know way more than I do. Mm-hmm. And if I say something wrong, sometimes I'm like, oh crap, like they're going to come at me or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Never happens. People are so supportive and bloody nice, but I feel like I still have stuff to give. Like just because you're not the most knowledgeable in something doesn't mean that you can't speak about it. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, people are going to resonate with you specifically, Mm. you know. So people might not want to hear a vintage tip off somebody else. They might want to just hear it from me. So I've got to like put that out there. And I think that's been a big hurdle for me. It's just like putting that aside and being like, look, Mm. you're totally allowed to share this knowledge yeah you know you have every right to feel like you're allowed to show people stuff Mm. and so yeah I think that's the biggest thing and I think a lot of people struggle with that which I think makes the vintage and the pre-loved secondhand community especially on Instagram here in Australia I think it's so unique and so special because so far in my experience everyone is just so willing to give someone else the time of day and to give someone else a voice and a platform. And, you know, it's not really competitive. It's really encouraging and supportive of each other. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, we've definitely lucky to have built, built like a good community where we all support each other. We all share each other's stuff. And I always say that there's, there's no point in competing because none of us are going to be selling the exact same thing. It's not possible. Yeah, exactly. You know, 
Yeah, so we may as well push each other's stuff. And the more people we have doing a good job at selling secondhand clothing, the more people are going to be interested in buying secondhand clothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I... Um, I currently run a Facebook group called The Thrifty Sisters. So if anybody is a reseller, secondhand or vintage, they can join. And we basically just talk about all the behind the scenes stuff. Any Like if you need help with your website or you need help with your branding or anything like that, it's a really good like little community mm. off of Instagram that you can get sort of like direct answers. Mm. We'll link it down below in the show notes as well. I really love this aspect to what you do. You're very generous in just sharing the knowledge that you've acquired and learnt so far from your business with other people who might be interested in doing the same thing. Why is that? Honestly, I'm just like a chronic oversharer. It's just, (laughs) (laughs) it's just like, that's just who I am. Um, I talk too much really. And I just, I do honestly have this belief that if we all do it better and we can get to a level where we're selling like proper e-commerce brands, um, you know, at that high level where our websites look good, our branding's on point, more people are going to want to buy secondhand clothing, Mm -hmm. which is what we need because there's just such an abundance of it. And like, I just think that there's so many girls out there doing such impeccable jobs already. If we can all just like replicate it and give it our own little spin, our own little voice. Everybody has something interesting about themselves. That's what mm. I tell everybody. They're like, oh, I'm not funny or I'm not witty or I'm not interesting or I'm not pretty, I'm not thin. I'm, You know, we all, as women, we all just like bash ourselves up about mm. all these things, but we all have something mm-hmm. that's interesting that we can tie into our brand that people are going to resonate with and then they're going to love what we sell them. And so I just think that like, yeah, I'm super encouraging of other people doing it and doing it well. That's the important thing so that more people want to buy secondhand. Yeah, I really love that idea um, that that then makes it accessible to anybody because if you've got that many different people doing it really excellently, selling high quality vintage on a website that looks beautiful, who have spent time and effort building a really great brand that then suddenly, you know, the idea of shopping secondhand isn't um terrifying anymore to some people who might not immediately gravitate towards that that's exactly right and I've seen that like in real time like it doesn't mean anything about you it doesn't mean that you are poor it doesn't mean that you have poor style it actually means that you're sick first of all (laughs) and you do have really good style and you're also savvy because you're not going to pay full price for something that you can get secondhand yeah it's, I find it as such a creative outlet as well. You know, it's a way to be really expressive and wear something unique that nobody else has. Do you have any tips for people who are getting started in the world of secondhand? Um, maybe they are keen to try it out, but they haven't done a whole lot of secondhand shopping before. What are your top thrift tips other than just shopping on Girl Gone Retro? Look, I don't think that's a great place to start if you're not used to it because it's quite intense. Um, I think that one of the most important things for people is, and I guess this tip gets thrown around a lot, but it's very important, is just go in with one like one item in mind. Don't mm. try to go and thrift a whole wardrobe because it's not going to happen for you. It's going to feel very overwhelming. And frankly, sometimes op shops can be gross. Like. Mm let's be real some of them are quite dirty like there can be items that uh, especially in the really small op shops that are probably privately run and the garments aren't being laundered or steamed or anything um and so that can be really off like I love that I'm all about that smelly op shop (laughs) life 
But to somebody that is, yeah, new to it, they're going to be like, oh, what is this? This is horrible. My hands feel yucky. I've got to get out. So if they just say, hey, today I want to get a pair of black jeans, and then they just go to the black jeans section, and then they try on some black jeans, it's way simpler. They might not find what they need to get that day, but at least it wasn't that overwhelming. So that's my first tip. Just kind of dipping your toes into the water. Yeah, just like going at it easy, you know, Mm. like it's just, I mean, I've never felt like that. So I don't know what it feels like to feel super overwhelmed in an op shop. But I know that a lot of people say it's hard for them. And they never, they always say, I never find anything good. You always find good stuff. I never find anything good. Yeah, so it's like they just need to go in with just a simple white blouse, you know, like a cotton Mm -hmm. T-shirt, something simple, and then it's going to give them that little high. Oh, my God, I found the perfect white T-shirt. It was $2.50, and it's amazing, and now I can get on to the next thing, and Mm -hmm. then it'll just kind of like snowball, I assume, because you're going to get an addiction, (laughs) and then you're going to have to come to bloody op shop as anonymous with us. That's right. We'll see you there. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) What about tips for people who are long-time op shoppers who uh, really find themselves maybe in a similar position that you found yourself in where vintage or secondhand is a real passion of theirs and they are interested in maybe um, trying it out as a business? Do you have any tips? Where would you suggest that they start? Do you think that it's a good idea to just jump straight into the Shopify, you know, building your website? Do you think that kicking things off with Instagram sales is a better way to go about it? Yeah. Okay. This is a great question um, because I definitely do not think getting a website is your first uh, order of what's the, I don't know what the saying is. I don't think you should get a website straight away. Um, I definitely think that currently Instagram is the best platform right now to be on as a seller. So I would start there. I wouldn't, so much worry about Facebook. Um, Definitely you need to have a Facebook page going Mm -hmm. so that you can do ads and promotions later on. But as a first starting point, you just open up an Instagram account with some type of name, even if it's not the name that you stick with forever, just pick a name. Um, And just start with, I would say start with cheap products like definitely don't go blowing all of your money on Mm. stock I would start with lower price point items and then think about how much profit you need to make to make that worthwhile because there is a lot that goes on behind the scenes it's bringing it's sourcing the garment it's driving Mm. to and from wherever you have to get it from it is laundering steaming photographing uh, measuring uploading and then also the interaction between you and the Mm. buyer Mm -hmm. So you need to profit. Like yeah. you definitely need to make some money. And it's knowing it's a, the know. value of your time, right? Exactly. And you don't need to feel guilty about that. It is a proper business. And I've talked about this a lot as well because there is a lot of shame in reselling mm-hmm. secondhand goods. And I don't think there should be. I think you're making it accessible for people that cannot otherwise get to op shops or you're making it look beautiful in a way that yeah. maybe the op shops couldn't present it. Mm-hmm. Um, So, yeah, I think Instagram, start there. You need a name. You need a vibe. I think if I can give like a tip to anybody is think of a vibe. Think of what do you want your store to say to people? Mine is like, I think like my slogan now is like um, vintage, loud vintage clothing for girls who want to be seen. Yeah. You know, like 
you know, these are clothes that are the girls that aren't going to be shying away. Mm -hmm. Like they are Mm -hmm. out there. They're intense girls. (laughs) They're loud. (laughs) Um, So I think if you can, there's heaps of stores that are doing this great. Like you had Ella at Found Store on. Yeah. Yeah, so she does a beautiful job at, like, showcasing a really natural, earthy-toned lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. It sells because it's gorgeous. Like, I aspirationally would love to live that lifestyle. (laughs) Yeah. I I think that's a great point because then when people visit, you know, found store where Ella sells or if they visit Girl Gone Retro, they have a really clear idea of what they're going to get. Exactly. They know that if they want to buy a neutral cable knit, they're going to go to Ella. Whereas if they know they want to buy some like crazy glittery spandex, they're Mm going to head to my store, you know? So I think that if you can pick a theme and I know it feels like um, narrowing down is scary to a lot of girls. And they say that in my Facebook group, a lot of the girls don't want to commit to a niche, Yep. but business advice, commit to a niche. Yep. All right. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's confusing, right? If you, you're selling one of every different kind of thing and there's no cohesion to it, if it doesn't really make sense to look at. Yeah. I just don't think you're going to get a loyal customer because they're never going to fully understand what it is you're providing. So, um, yeah, pick something, pick a, uh, Oh, I love florals. Go with florals. Yeah. Pick, sell everything that's floral. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just something as simple as that. You don't have to stick to a certain era. You don't have to stick to a certain, like, it doesn't have to be natural fibers or whatever, but pick something, a color, a pattern or something, you know? Mm. I think that's the best advice I can give for somebody that's just starting out. Yeah, that's really great. And like you said, in your own journey as well, that could change and evolve over time. It doesn't mean that you're locked in forever, right? I think we can fall into the trap of feeling like, oh, okay, if I start selling, this particular kind of thing then that's it I'm locked in that's my business now but you know we can pivot and we can learn and if that's not something that you find a lot of joy in sourcing and selling then try something different exactly and and I think that if you are honest with people and you show up on your Instagram and that that's another hard thing is I do recommend that you are a persona on your Instagram like you do need to show yourself Mm -hmm. and I know that's a lot of that's quite hard for a lot of people but practice you know just practice in the mirror practice on camera practice wherever you can to start showing up on your stories Mm -hmm. um, so that people start to get loyalty towards you as a person. And that way when you do pivot and you may, like I might decide next year I want to go full neutrals. <laughs> like natural fiber neutrals is we'll here, see. I, here we'll I am. See. <laughs> um so but I feel like my people are committed to like what I provide that yeah. they're probably gonna be like, all right, I'm into this now. Now I'm neutral. Mm-hmm. So sure. I think Yeah, I think that's, like, just a nice idea. And also the biggest thing is you're not going to do it right. Mm -hmm. Like, just start, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, just put up some products, try and photograph them nicely. I've got tips on my blog if anybody wants to read them Mm -hmm. of just how to get a nice photo. And um, just put it up because it's never going to feel right. It's never going to be good enough. Just put it up and be consistent. Mm. That's it. Yeah, I think that's all really great advice. It can be really terrifying to think that you might put something out there that later you would regret or feel like, you know, embarrassed by because you don't quite know what you're doing yet. I feel like that all the time, you know, just even with podcasting, I I feel like I need to give a caveat of 
guys, I know that I'm still learning and I know that it's not perfect yet, but I will get better, I promise. But, you know, that's just real life. We're all learning as we go. We're figuring out, um, you know, if it's this context of selling vintage, we're figuring out how to do it as we do it. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to look yeah. back on your old photos or the old pieces that you sold and think that they're hideous. That's just part and yeah. parcel of it, right? A hundred percent. Like you have nailed that because, I mean, I honestly think you have just done such an impeccable job with your podcast. Like I've never seen somebody come out of the doors like that professional. <laughs> like I listened to your first episode with your husband and I was like, who is this girl? Thank like, she's you. She's got it going on. I'll pay you later. <laughs> that, yeah, I mean, and we were talking about it before, but that is totally thanks to my husband because he has very generously, like every Friday he sets me up with my microphone and the laptop. <laughs> I just have to press a button. <laughs> and he brings in your tea. He brought in my tea. It was beautiful. But yeah, I do want to just make that point again, reiterate the fact that yes, just put yourself out there mm. and people love humility. You know, they yeah. love to see somebody just being a bloody human, you mm. know, like we're all screwing up in some way or another. Yeah. And I think people relate to that so much. So share your whole journey, like share your crappy photo, share, you know, your crap days, whatever. Like it's all going to help with branding for sure. So mm. yeah, you don't need to like come out guns blazing with the most professional Instagram. Nobody cares. I love looking back at my Instagram photos and laughing at them. So I love that. I think that's some really great advice to finish us off with. Rach, to round out the episode, I like to do a rapid fire Q&A. So I'm going to give you two options and you will choose whichever your heart desires in the moment. Are you ready? Okay. Okay. Yes, I'm panicking, <laughs> but go. Do you prefer skinny jeans or relaxed denim? Relax 100%. Can't even talk about it. I never want skinny jeans to come back in. And don't even talk about low rise. If low rise ever Ooh. comes near me again, I will punch it in the face. Well, that was a definitive answer. I like that. <laughs> Do you prefer op shopping alone or with a friend? 100% alone. Mm. Sorry, guys. Me too. Are you a minimalist or a maximalist? I am a minimalist in practical life, but I want to be a maximalist. Okay. Secondhand shopping online or in real life? Uh, oh, that's tough. I think in real life for me, um, because I'm very fussy about sizing and stuff. Mm -hmm. Neutrals or colour? <laughs> well, neutrals, <What>? actually. <laughs> no, definitely colour. I'm all about that colourful life. I gravitate towards it. I just love colour. Dressing for comfort or style? Comfort. I'm such a shame to the fashion community. <laughs> Not at all. Your comfort looks, I mean, your comfort clothes, your comfortable clothes look pretty stylish. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, heels or flats? Um, I love a heel, but it needs to be like a platform, either a platform or a wedge. I love heels. Um, nice. I wear flats definitely like I just wear sneakers pretty much 24 7 but if I am dressing up def I love heels I just love looking super tall I've always wanted to be a supermodel so it's like my supermodel <laughs> moment <laughs> leather or lace leather 100% love leather mm, that bomber jacket right oh yes and the leather I don't know if you saw the leather pants that I sold like two or three weeks ago oh they were like a gray kind of like taupe Ooh. color 
I'll have to oh have a look. Oh, my God. They were so dreamy. Pants or dresses? Um, pants, personally, I prefer selling dresses. Mm. I love selling dresses. Yeah, that one that you mentioned earlier that you sold recently, that was a little hard to let go of. That was particularly stunning. Oh, Are you so a beautiful. tea or coffee drinker? Um, I don't drink either. I don't like I don't like hot beverages. Really? <laughs> yeah, if Not I drink coffee, it has to be iced coffee. I will never yeah. drink a hot coffee. Get it out of my life. Wow. No yeah, hot I'm sorry. drinks at all. Mm-mm. Well, see, my husband and I run a coffee business, which is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I did know that you didn't um, like coffee. But yeah, I don't really love coffee. And I've been drinking it lately because he forces me to, to try things. But I have to drink it iced. I won't drink it hot. Wow. There yeah, you go. I haven't learned how, uh, how to adult properly yet. <laughs> no, that's fine. It's probably better to not have heaps of caffeine. Oh, okay. Yeah, but coming from the girl that drinks like 80,000 litres of Coke in Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You just find it <laughs> elsewhere. <laughs> just mixed with sugar and bubbles. That's how you like Literally. your <laughs> Do you have a sweet tooth or are you more of a savoury snacker? Savoury, 100%. And I'd love to do a shout out to Shapes because <laughs> Shapes are the best savoury snack there is. What flavour would you go? Oh, I'm so boring. I love the cheddar, but I also I love, love the, the cheddar. Um, yeah, the cheddar's mm-hmm. bloody amazing. And I also love the cheese and bacon and the chicken crimpy, but cheddar is like my OG. I love that. And Rach, last one. Would you rather a wardrobe full of new or secondhand? I think we're all going to answer the same to this mm-hmm. question. <laughs> we're all obsessed I need with a old, new question. Like, old clothing. <laughs> So, yeah, 100%. I think I'm at, like, a good – I think I'm probably similar to you. I think – are you, like, 90, 98% or something? 93%. 93%. Yeah, I'd say I'm pretty similar. I think a lot of my new purchases generally seem to – oh, no, they're always secondhand, though. I have Tevers. My Tevers are all new. Mm-hmm. They're letting me down. That's amazing, though, if you've only got one pair of shoes that are – new and everything else is secondhand how do you feel about yeah. underwear and swimwear and that sort of thing yeah I'm like all for it I don't even care like I <laughs> I'm a brutal biatch like I will wear secondhand cosies no trouble and yeah. I don't really buy the underwear but that's because like there's never anything that I particularly love like if yeah, I came sure. across something that was oh no that's not true I did buy some secondhand um seamless underwear but it yeah. was not used it had like yeah. the label still on it so um, yeah, I just never come across, like if I came across some amazing underwear set, then yeah, 100% I'd buy it. Mm. Just wash it. Totally. Right? Yeah, why I mean, not? I have, I have come across some pretty disgusting things in op shops. I mean, to I don't be want fast. anything stained, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, you've got to be careful. I'm not saying just go pick up a whole bunch of underwear and get into <laughs> it. But yeah, I don't see a problem with it as long as you wash it. That's great. Well, what a way to end. Rach, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I'll make sure to link your IG and your website down below so that people can go get some good vintage into them. Thank you so much for being a guest. Thank you so much, Hannah. I just wanted you to know that honestly, you're doing such a cracking job. I think this podcast is going to be huge because there's so many girls to interview as well. I know it's an endless list, right? Who would you like to see on the pod? 
Oh my God, such a great question. Mm. There's so many people. And I feel like you could definitely branch out into people that do other things as well that love thrifting. Like Mm -hmm. Emma from the Broke Generation, she used to run a store. Um, She doesn't anymore, but Mm -hmm. she loves thrifting and she's just like so knowledgeable about finance. She's like the finance girl in Australia. So she'd be incredible to have on. Definitely. And then obviously like Faye. Yeah, obviously Faye. Faye will have to be on the show. Oh, she would love it. I'm she's sure. Such a, yeah, she's the best. Yeah, she's she's such a queen. But yeah, I mean, there's so many girls. Literally, like you've just got endless amounts of people to interview. So you're going to do amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much for your support. I really appreciate it so much. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Well Worn Pod and a huge thank you to Rach for sharing with us on the show today. All of her links will be down in the show notes, so make sure that you check her out for some bright and beautiful vintage. If you like the show, then follow along on Instagram. We are at wellwornpod and leave a review. It helps other people to find the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye.